Welcome to Stock Odds, Odds and End podcast. It's Saturday here, and we're trying to be early and get a head start on the week ahead. <laughs> good evening, good afternoon. <laughs> we're back to our goal here of Saturday. <laughs> well, we'll see if that can continue. Um, anyway, yeah, doing great. Nice sunny day out. Uh, it's uh, National Truth and Reconciliation Day today in, in Canada. Um, the TSX is not closed on Monday, as far as I can tell. I mean, it's a relatively new holiday that's falling on a Saturday. So then um, it is a stat on Monday for people that, you know, are employed. They do get stat pay um, on the Monday, but it's um, it doesn't seem to me that I can find the TSX being closed. So anyway, because um, sometimes when the uh, Canadian markets are closed, uh, it does impact volume even on the U.S. markets because institutions are offline that, uh, you know, trade trade both, both places and so on. So um, anyway, let's uh, move on through this here. So uh, Friday, um, we had consumer cyclical and technology that had held up pretty good. Energy uh, pulled back significantly on Friday, having been up uh, for the week and uh, also, oh, sorry, for the week and also for the month. So energy was the best performing in the month of September, but it did pull back on Friday. Um, we actually had, we can, I won't show it today, but we did have a positive expectancy for seasonality on the last trading day of September. What happened is the market sniffed that out and for various reasons got kind of a jump on it on Thursday. Uh, so sometimes that happens, market runs ahead of um, of an event. Um, but um, that might have been why energy pulled back on Friday, just a bit of rotation there. As far as uh, other things, based on rates, um, you know, there's a, a fairly significant bond component in utilities, and they've been suffering on the one week. That was a, a very big hit for utilities for the week, and also uh, for the entire month. So it's part of this rate implications. Um, rates were sneaking up, the US dollar was stronger, um, and so that can affect utilities. and. Um, also, uh, it does, you know, kind of put a lid on uh, basic materials, um, but they, they fared okay uh, for the month. But uh, seemed to be, for, for me, what well, your observations, Dave, that's, that seemed to be still a fair amount of risk on, um, like even throughout the month of September, which was softer, mega caps were, um, you know, still trying to uh, rally. Uh, quite often and so we had a bit more of a risk on you know approach and you can see that with up here uh, one month communication services and um you know holding up pretty good consumer cyclical in the middle so kind of a battle between defensive and cyclical for the month uh, but for this week technology and communication services and cyclical did did well so it was essentially a risk on week much of the time and then um, Friday, we saw that come through again. So um, 
This is the weekly chart of the XLE. And you can see that it had almost the same range as the previous week. But the previous week was a down week for energy, and this week was an up week for energy, with the exception of that minus 1.65% pullback on Friday. So this is kind of putting us a bit on a ledge. You know, we could we could recover. Um, it depends on the prospects for October seasonality. Now, from the middle of June all the way through till, you know, really this month here, energy's been stronger. And so maybe maybe it has run ahead of uh, even that seasonality to some degree. So we'll take a look at that on our from our almanac. Here's the ETF performances uh, for week, month, so on. Uh, I wanted to point out that, um, again, consumer discretionary held up for the week, energy, basic materials, um, Qs and IWM. It was the Dow and the blue chips that were really suffering for the week. SPY was um, down, but not as bad. So again, some of that mega cap exposure. And just a reminder that the Dow, the Dow is a price weighted index and the SPY is a market cap weighted index. So that's where you get your differences of those large magnificent seven or the fangs, they call it, uh, being um, kind of in charge uh, often of what happens in the world of the S&P 500 for the day. Now, you can see your performance for the month. Again, there's at, at energy. And what was the worst performing for the month? We had a battle between the utilities and the REITs. And again, these are all sector spiders. So that's only related to the S&P 500, whereas the previous uh, bar chart that I had for all of the sectors includes, you know, uh, bringing in more of the the mid cap and some small cap too. So it's it's a broader a broader sector approach. This is defined by the uh, sector spiders, which are S and P 500 only. Now I want to show you the rec relative volumes here. They're all over one now. So when we were in August, we were running at relative volumes that were below one. That persisted for the first couple of weeks of September. We did mention how that kind of plays out, then institutions kind of get back to work. A little bit reluctant, they had ahead of the FOMC, volumes picked up after the FOMC meeting, and um, still a little bit of a reluctance though with the government uh, shutdown potential and so on. So, um, but you can see the volumes have picked up on a relative basis. Again, that's comparing what's currently happening with the 90-day average volume. So um, also looking at where they are in terms of beta or ATR, uh, just a reminder that XLP is defensive, consumer staples, right? Consumer defensive. And so its beta is relatively small uh, as well as, as utilities is um, and also healthcare. So you're you're when you're when you're playing this risk on versus risk off approach it's part of a you know a beta exposure as well 
Um, and that's often why sometimes when the market gaps up a lot, if you go short your higher beta and long your lower lower beta, you get that snapback as many of those uh, higher beta stuff open too too much, you know, uh, and and pull back, you know, kind of a, a gap fill opportunity there. Um, and so that's why sometimes on gap ups, the the risk off or defensive posture works well for your longs and the shorts would be your higher beta riskier type assets and the reverse is true when we're gapping down a lot now again you still have to factor in what's happening on the macro you know what are the catalysts what's the seasonality things like that uh, but that that kind of simplifies it a little bit if you understand the relationship of your sectors to the S&P 500. So the S&P would be one, as you see here, 1.01. And so, you know, 0.6 means it's going to move uh, 0.6 as much as the SPY does. So when the SPY moves up 1%, this should move 0.6 of 1%. So there's a lagging relationship there. Um, on the other hand, energy is more, more, more volatile it has a much higher beta. Uh, so we don't, in our risk on and risk off lists, we focus on as far as the long sectors for risk on, we focus on XLK, XLC, and XLY. And for our long sectors for the defensive, the risk off, we focus on XLP, XLV, and XLI. So again, you can see that the beta is being uh, much smaller. Um, so it's also good to look at where things are sitting relative to their simple moving average. You've got your 20-day, you've got your 50, you've got your 200, and you can see which ones are above or below. So if you're looking for some extremely good mean reverting opportunities one would be in say the xlb category which we saw from the monthly you know basic materials was kind of sandwiched in the middle of all the other sectors but i mean it's significantly down if there is a pullback in the us dollar um and the seasonality is good for basic materials then you kind of have a winning combination in the fact that you know, it's it's well below its 52-week high. It's below its 200 below. So we have some targets for it to strive to to go uh, and reach. Okay. Um, so just keep that in mind. You can explore that uh, on the video yourself here. Uh, just pause it and kind of look at this. And here's a 15-minute chart for September 25th to 29th. I included the Friday the 22nd. You can see that we had a volatile session where we had some wonky stuff right at the end of the day. Um, and we closed here. We opened a little bit lower on Monday and rallied nicely for for the day. A little bit of a 15-minute move right at the end of the day, which can often happen. Uh, next day, we uh, gapped lower. It did not fill the gap, and it proceeded to, to move down. That was followed again by opening premium and they sold it again 
and then uh, finally rallied back near the end of the day. And then on the 28th, this is where they kind of got the jump on the uh, last day of the month being stronger for uh, September. So this last you know, number of days was supposed to be weaker. And September really has gone as the almanac suggested. I mean, it's not been an out of the ordinary type of a month. Would you agree with that, Dave? It's kind of been as expected, softer, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, um, and then Friday we we jumped up. So there's that premium, and of course, <laughs> conveniently uh, got sold as there's some concerns about, of course, the government shutdown and things like that. So, that's that was your week. And now let's just look at the one-hour chart for the month. So we closed August here. We popped up right on September 1st. It was expected to be a softer day from open to close and even from close to close, and it did not disappoint. It acted as that um, and pulled back. And then uh, we proceeded to have like a little bit of a, a mid-month rally here into expiration. Um, so there was not expiration day itself because that was expected to be down, but we just had a, a rally just before that. Um, and then um, we pulled back after expiration and we had the FOMC and we dropped. And um, then you ended up kind of having a bit of a rally right at the end here. Again, this is a one hour chart, so it's not, not a daily chart. So you can just see how it progressed throughout the day. Um, anywho, that's, uh, that's that. Um, so let's look at the map of the market live here. We get this from uh, Finviz. So this is the one month performance. You can see, uh, the bright spots in terms of energy Exxon and Chevron doing really well and they, and they're the majority of XLE, the sector ETF. We can see some standouts like with Amgen and uh, the rest of them not doing so well for the month. You know, differences between like Costco and Target or Costco and Walmart even. Um, Meta and Google difference there. Intel and say AMD difference. And I, I find that's always fascinating, sort of the, the polar opposite of how well Intel did for the month and how poorly AMD did for the month. And, you know, they are competitors, obviously. Um, so that's the one month. Let's look at the one week here. You can see some green that firmed up in the semiconductor area. That helped this week with the risk on and the technology. Certainly helped a lot. Uh, again, for the week, we saw energy doing really well until, of course, the last day. Uh, in the discretionary area, or consumer cyclical, we call it, uh, Tesla, um, you know, big contributing factor to that performance on any given day, and it did really well. We also had Nike um, doing well, Airbnb. So some discretionary stuff there kicking in. Um, credit cards were down. I mean, there's some pressure on, I mean, transactions from, these are transaction-based, uh, Visa and MasterCard, um, so not the same as a you know a lending institution, uh, but you know we can see the pressure on the consumer uh, coming into play here a bit this week, uh, as we're expecting rates to stay higher for longer, right? So 
um, that can that can help the banks. And you see some of the regional banks still holding up okay, uh, but definitely the payment processors it can it can harm. And um, let's go to the Friday just to see how things played out. There's your Exxon and Chevron pulling back on that Friday. Discretionary stayed okay. Uh, communication services pulled back a little bit. Along with, of course, you know, communication has a beta of pretty much the same as as the SPY. So SPY went down on Friday from its open. Then you see a standout here on Friday with Pfizer uh, going the opposite way of uh, the other healthcare. Okay, and then uh, we're going to look at, um, let's just take a look at some of these uh, futures here to see where we're at. Let's look at the US dollar. So we had a, a pretty substantial run. You remember our target that we talked about, this resistance level right in here? Well, we did get above that briefly, and then they uh, ended up selling it, kind of like that bang in the gopher on the head thing. I mean, it popped up and they uh, knocked it down uh, for a couple days, but it did recover on Friday. It kind of had a midday reversal. It still impacted things because it was down sort of pre-market and it did sell off earlier in the day. So it it did impact things that are sensitive to the dollar and that's where we sit here so uh, we could recover this could continue i mean we talked about the bit of blue sky up here for the dollar still to to be able to move um so something we have to watch carefully it will depend on what happens here with the budget the government shutdown all that kind of stuff that's that's going to be important and how this responds um, as far as our treasuries go um, well, we can look at the 30-year, let's see, let's look at the 10-year, a little bit more widely followed. Uh, we see it's uh, it was moving lower for, for the week until it kind of bottomed out there on Thursday and then popped up again on Friday. Um, so um, it popped up on Friday there. Um, so this means that you know rates were rising and then they they tapered off a little bit a little bit of relief for the Thursday rally and Friday we opened higher and then of course pulled back. So um, in the metals area we see uh, gold pulling back because of that strength in the dollar and it did not bounce though when the dollar pulled back. So that's an interesting observation. We've broken this resistance level here, so keep that in mind. We've broken the resistance level, or so, uh, sorry, support level. Dave, you should correct me when I get off track here. Uh, support <laughs> level, um, unless I put you to sleep already, okay? Uh, so this is the support level for gold and we did violate it and it, it went lower. Um, silver is at, still at support. Copper is obviously related to recession and you know the green economy and all that too, and it's holding up okay. Um, what else we got going on? Uh, for people that follow uh, Bitcoin and stuff, it's still in a very uh, tight channel, and um, there is some you know concerns about the you know, buy Binance and, and, and stuff like that. So 
this will be interesting to watch what happens uh, in the months ahead. Um, what else we got? So let's go back here uh, to, um, why don't you go through the calendar here for a second and I'll circle back, Dave. Yeah. In terms of U.S. economic reports, there's two major themes for the week. One's the state of the economy and the other is employment. And they have these PMI um, reports coming out. It's Purchasing Managers Index. And it's a broad, again, economic indicator shows the direction of economic trends. So they have one for manufacturing and one for services. So Monday, we have a manufacturing PMI. And then on Wednesday, we have services PMI. And as well as some construction spending on Monday. Tuesday is jobs opening. Wednesday is ADP employment report. And um, Thursday, initial jobless claims. And then Friday is the big one, U.S. employment report. Every first Friday of the month, there's these employment reports. It's U.S. employment, employment rate, and hourly wages. So th those are the, the backdrop themes of the week. And in terms of earnings, there's not many earnings this week. Um, some key names are Levi's on Thursday, McCormick, the spice company, on Tuesday, and Lamb Weston on Thursday. So think of uh, hanging out in your Levi's, having seasoned potatoes, right? <laughs> but there's not much in terms of uh, earnings anymore. Okay, um, let's go look at some seasonality from our almanac here. So, um, Dave, I can get you to comment on this. Um, so this is the monthly for October. So this is kind of the big context of stocks. Maybe we should look at ETFs first here. Sure. Back to the report here. Got a problem with this here. Got to go back to October here. Sorry. ETFs. Okay, so let's look at the month. So those are our ETFs for the month. What stands out for you on that? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people think October is a down month, but what we're seeing here from the 175 ETFs that, um, well, some of them you got to realize are leveraged or there could be inverse or whatever, but what this is really saying when we look at this is that there's a positive skew to, to the month in terms of the ETFs, right? Mm -hmm. So UPRO, right? Um, you know, banking, KBE, KRE is supposed to be stronger. So if we can get past this government shutdown stuff, um, you know, this, this is what's supposed to be a stronger. Utilities, now that's an interesting one, Dave, because we've got 88.9% a probability of 2.82% move for utilities for the month of October. And we know that it's been down substantially on the weekly and the monthly, right? Yeah, we're coming from a very discounted position. So the risk to reward on that one seems really good. It does seem really good. I mean, it could, I mean, it certainly could be downside, but I think that the, the downside risk, uh, a lot of it's already been factored in uh, with the, the rates and we should, like, is it this, isn't this story getting a little bit old now mm -hmm. with interest rates 
higher for longer and possibly another rate hike this year, either in the October or December meeting. So isn't that story kind of old by now? Yeah. I think so. Um, I was thinking another situation that's similar to the utilities is oil, right? We had a huge month in September, and it's expected to be down minus 4.88 with a 77% odds for this month. So that's also very similar kind of advantaged trade possibly. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, and and so, again, just to refresh people, you're looking for odds that are higher than 50 for going down or odds higher than 50 for going up. So XLE is 77.8 of being down. Now, not much. Um, we're still in, you know, we're still in hurricane season and things like that. I mean, you could have a macro interference with that. You could have, you know, war drums again interfering. There's all kinds of things that can happen. But we did get a whisper of uh, maybe OPEC, um, you know, doing, doing changing what they had said originally. So there, there's a bit of whisper of potential uh, easing on the cuts and putting more supply into the market. Of course, it's to to their benefit if prices have risen to sell more and if prices decline to sell less right so we've had that rise so it makes sense um, so i would be definitely looking at um, you know if if the energy backdrop is softer for the month uh, and utilities you know is uh, more bullish for the month we we could have some some good mean reverting scenarios there right uh, look at the gold stuff, you know, it's, uh, it's softer and maybe, maybe that was why we saw gold not responding to the U.S. dollar pulling back slightly like it normally would. Maybe they're thinking about the month ahead, you know, the market does factor in everything that it knows or can anticipate, right? So it does tend to run ahead of something that's expected. This calendar kind of shows what's expected. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't blame people for kind of posturing ahead of it, right? Mm -hmm. Anything else you want to comment here before I flip it to the stocks? Uh, no, I, I'm just thinking the backdrop of the, the month, right? So gangbusters, first day trading day of the month, like the NASDAQ strong half a percent. Oh, well, let's, well, okay, I got to flip over to that then here. Oh, you're going to that, yeah. Okay. And so, the, the theme is um, a really strong first day of the month and a mid-month seasonality that's really powerful. So those right. two. Well, and it's actually, it's interesting because like we did rally on Thursday, we did rally on Friday at the open and we pulled back. Mm -hmm. And so it, you know, could be setting itself up for a good turn of the month effect from the discount kind of Friday into that premium so I, I would i would be anticipating that we could open up on on monday you know again that we got these other macro macro swirling things around and we'll talk about another thing here shortly but like you you know you can you can plan for that but it may be interfered with that's all mm -hmm. okay uh first friday down when's the first friday so we've got a full week this time right so um that's interesting. Like September, the first Friday was the same as the first trading day. So that uh, this way it's separated by the five days. 
mid-month seasonality is pretty bullish for the month, August, and then the last trading day of the month is down. And then November is usually a pretty good month for breadth and all that. So you guys can put in, you know, different ETFs uh, to just look at how they relate, right? Um, so if you see anything on the main calendar, go pop it in here and compare it to the SPY. Let's flip over to the symbols for a second. see if anything uh, comes out and again you can slide these sliders for um you know price it's it's probably good to keep it there you don't need it at 302,000 that's irrelevant but um volume we've got 200 million um in dollars turned over is how it is not shares um so you can you can move that around too. I would keep the events kind of at five to nine because you know you need enough samples to get some some merit there to that. Uh, but these these are the symbols that are supposed to do well for the month of October versus do poorly. So Here's AMD. Go ahead. You're Generac, right? On the long side. It's expected to do really well, 13.45%. And plus, we have this natural disaster in New York, right? So usually when there's natural disasters, it tends to get a little bit of um, extra juice in it. So what do you think about that one for the, the month? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I like Generac for the hurricane season anyway, which we're not out of. Um, I mean, it's been a quieter one, um, but the temperatures in the Gulf are still very elevated uh, compared to historical averages. So um, it could we could still have a hurricane yet. Uh, that's of of substance um and yeah so i really like the uh, generac opportunity that's uh, a good one to point out um we also have um on the short side here so uh etsy you know a uh, specialty retailer like depends on depends on whether it really ran in the last little while because when you when you come into August through Black Friday in November, um, that's when retailers can often do the best. So if it's saying that it's you know going to be down for the month of October, well, I would really compare what it had done previously. And I think that context is always important because if it let's say it had a really bad September, I, I wouldn't lean into it. Mm -hmm. Right, that that may not go your way. Right. Um, so that's the way to look at it, you know, um, you know, going into even you could take a monthly approach and say AMD is expected to be down for the month. Well, that may not happen for the whole month. It could happen at the start of the month. And if we look at how did it do last week, you know, semiconductors in general did OK. Maybe maybe that's the trade. Um, and then, of course, you can go and look at the first trading day of the month, which is coming up, right? Uh, and, there, and we saw already that it's supposed to be pretty bullish. Well, look at your look at your symbols here, right? So I would, again, pick out things that are in keeping with the ETFs. So let's say basic materials was supposed to be bad for the first day. Well, then I, I wouldn't necessarily put all my eggs in the AA basket, right? Mm -hmm. um that's how you look at it you know it's like yeah that might that might be historically there but let's also tie it in with what the etfs are doing 
So that's the first trading day of the month. And then, you know, you look ahead to the first Friday of the month, right? And that's a little bit more balanced in terms of longs and shorts, right? So the first day is very one-sided for longs, very few shorts. So people sometimes do this. They pick out a basket of longs and they hedge with the spy, you know, or the cues or the diamonds. Um, so you don't always have to, uh, you know, get equal amount of longs and shorts. It's what we do with our subscriber lists. We kind of go 11 and 11 or 10 by 10, you know, but it doesn't mean you have to do that. You can pick out a basket of longs that you really like and uh, hedge it with the sector ETFs or hedge it with the market ETFs like the SPY, diamonds or Qs, right? So lots to play with on your seasonality almanac calendar. And then um, what else we got? Oh, let's go into the New York flooding. So uh, flooding, you know, in any jurisdiction can have direct and indirect effects on businesses, including loss of business premises, tools, vehicles, and, and goods, devaluing of assets. It can have a negative effect on the stock market, you know, especially located in New York. And, and think about the transportation issues. Uh, they are already kind of drying out as, as of the last few hours. They're starting to, uh, you know, ease but there's still some disruption potentially to to trans transportation and stuff and and it may mean that you know people don't go to work <laughs> right so there's less there's less volume or there's just a negative sentiment because you've just been through you know the great flood of 2023 in new york um disruption to telecommunications that could be a problem sewer related problems that's never fun access to clean water, right? Power outages, all that stuff. So flooding has damaged subway lines, homes and vehicles. The city lost at least 25 billion in estimated business activity. Uh, financial implications are still being assessed, but here's some companies um, that are likely to be affected or like companies in these, in these groups here, property insurers. Um, now that's kind of, both ways. Sometimes when you have a natural disaster and you look at the property insurers in the area, you think automatically that those insurers have to go down. But often, because of the event, it gives them the opportunity to sell additional insurance riders like Overland Water uh, Rider or whatever. It gives them the opportunity to raise prices, you know, uh, maybe, you know, maybe they have you know, enough to cover losses without a problem because of the way they've, they've positioned themselves, the way they've hedged, all kinds of different, you know, things that they do. Um, so they need to be very creative in their asset uh, management, property insurers do. And so sometimes uh, when you have a national disaster, uh, it, it doesn't mean that the insurer drops in price, but it can. So I would watch for that billions of dollars, right? Um, construction companies, are they likely to benefit from the repairs. So GDP is increased after any of these events. We saw that with Katrina, like massive increase in GDP afterwards. 
construction companies benefited, restoration companies, cleanup companies, all kinds of stuff. Engineering firms, you need to, you know, now scramble to say, okay, well, you know, we may be impacted again. So how are we going to deal with this next time in a much better way? So what needs to be improved so engineering firms can benefit? Uh, small businesses, um, they're particularly vulnerable, of course. They don't have flood insurance, maybe not able to repair. Um, so supply chains can be affected. Um, tourism can be affected. Also hospitality. So some of your discretionary areas. So the New York trading community may respond in the stock market kind of based on what they're actually experiencing in their hometown, their home environment, their home locale. It doesn't necessarily mean that's appropriate, but that can be the response. And I've seen this this before. So just keep that in mind. Here's some actual companies that may be affected. Con Edison, it's the electrical utility company that serves New York. It reported that more than 20,000 customers lost power. Um, the Metropolitan Transportation Authority, they got everything flooded. Amazon, e-commerce giant had a fulfillment center in Staten Island that was flooded. So it was closed for several days, could lead to delays in shipping. That could impact the price of Amazon slightly, and it may have already. Home Depot, um, Home Depot uh, so has some stores that were flooded. Could you know lead to loss of sales. So blah, 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 insurance, well, again, some people can be spurred to, to buy it. Others say, well, what's the point now, right? So anyway, any comments, Dave? Lots in the background for the week, so. Yeah, and if, you, and if you have your ability to do spread charts, like with, with TradingView or whatever, um, you can sign up to TradingView for free um, to give you the ability to do daily spread charts. Um, again, look at your value versus growth. Look at your, you know, diamonds versus IWM. Some of the things that we've shown you before. So why we bring these about is not to, you know, have you rely on us for everything, but to give you some ideas of what you can do for yourself and how to stay informed. Okay. So hopefully it's uh, uh, been educational here. Looking at the week ahead, really, it's it's really about the turn of the month effect going into October and that's supposed to be fairly bullish so we'll see again what the pushback is from the macro stuff and um, then the first Friday so you've kind of sandwiched um, between the first trading day and the first Friday so you can look at your seasonality calendar for all of your stuff and again evaluate where things have come from not just what the expectation of where they're expected to go, whether bullish or bearish. Where have they come from? Very important. All right. Thank you for your time. Good luck.